This is an ABC podcast. Hello, I'm Miyuki Yoki Ranta, and this is Earshot, with the next program in our series, Housing the Australian Nation, presented by Peter Mayers. Today, Peter looks at the problems with the rental market. More than one in four Australian households rent from a private landlord, and the numbers are growing, but their housing is often insecure. And while the COVID-19 pandemic is likely to lower rents as the economy slows, the long-term trend has been for rents to rise faster than wages, pushing renters into poverty. Hobart has felt this most keenly, when late last year it was named Australia's least affordable capital city for renters. Peter travelled to Hobart at the end of 2019, just after the city won that dubious distinction. And this program is a kind of time capsule of life BC, before corona, but a life we don't want to return to once the pandemic is over. One of the first exhibits you encounter at Mona, Hobart's Museum of Old and New Art, is Bitfall by German artist Julius Popp. It's a waterfall of apparently random words generated in real time from Australian online news headlines. Formed from drops of water, the words quickly disintegrate as they cascade to the floor. Among the falling words when I visit in late 2019 are home and crisis. New report has found a housing gridlock in Hobart has increased pressure on renters after the city overtook Sydney as Australia's least affordable for renters. In terms of cost of living, Hobart used to be considered a very easy city to live in. But now, with its real estate prices rising at record rates... Hobart has become the most expensive capital city in the country for renters. The Rental Affordability Index shows even those on medium incomes can't afford to rent in many areas of the city. It's not that rents are necessarily higher in Hobart than in bigger cities like Melbourne and Sydney, but Hobart's less affordable because Tasmanians generally have lower incomes. We earn less. We're on lower incomes. We have high reliance on income support payments. We have generally lower wages. You know, at a a median level, our our incomes are lower. For several years before COVID-19 hit, the vacancy rate in Hobart's rental market was well below 1%. That means that for every 100 rental properties in the city, there was never more than one that was empty and available. A vacancy rate below 1% is catastrophic for tenants looking for a place to live. In April, in the wake of the pandemic, Hobart's vacancy rate jumped to 1.3%. But Dr Kathleen Flanagan, Deputy Director of the Housing and Community Research Unit at the University of Tasmania, says any rate below 3% still puts tenants at a disadvantage. It means that you rock up at an inspection and there are dozens and dozens of people there. It means that if you have anything about you that makes you less competitive in the eyes of landlords, so if you're a single parent or you don't have regular work, perhaps you have a visible disability, if you are from a migrant or refugee background, if there's anything about you that might flag as a risk to that landlord, you know that your chances of securing that property are lower. Um, That's not landlords being horrible people, that's them making what they perceive to be a rational decision in the interest of protecting their investment. And that's before you even get into the implications of a low vacancy rate on rents. Well, it is a good 
very solid, very nice house. Yeah, I just don't like the noisy neighbours, <laughs> noisy cars and buses and things. Gail is a disability pensioner who rents a house in Rokeby, theoretically one of Hobart's more affordable suburbs. When Gail moved in, she was paying $270 a week. And then last year they put up $20, and then this year they went up $50. How much of your income does that take up? Almost 64%. Gail used to own her own home, but after her marriage ended, she couldn't keep up the mortgage payments. Now she relies on help from her daughter to pay the rent. My daughter only comes to visit me about once a week. She pays $300 for me, straight to the, to the rent. So if you didn't have family helping you out, what would happen? I think I'd be walking on the streets or living, sleeping on the streets because the bills would be just far too much for me to deal with. Have you looked for a cheaper place to rent? This was the cheapest. Honestly, this was, and it's not anymore. And, um, and it's none, nothing is any cheaper now. Yeah, I've looked on the internet uh, through the uh, real estate guides and uh, several, about six different sites, and they still, none of them are any cheaper than this one. Nothing under 320 unless you're extremely lucky to get something out of the country. Further, you know, so far out and it's just a horrible dump. Property owners in Tasmania can only raise rents once every 12 months, but they can increase them by any amount. So long as the new total is around the same as the rent paid on a similar property in a similar condition in a similar location. Did you challenge the rent increase when, when the, the, the landlord put the rent up? Yes, I did try to. You know, I just put in my complaints about it. Yeah. All they said is the value of the house is at this level and that's why the rents are going up. It's just the market. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, Hi Abby. Peter. Oh, nice to meet you. Yeah, you too. How are you going? Okay. To get a better sense of Hobart's rental market, I joined real estate agent Abby Cooper at an open house in Bell Reeve. It's late November 2019 and on offer is a one-bedroom unit for $330 a week. So you had a lot of people through? Yeah, a few so far. Yeah? Yeah. I noticed when I came up with a lot of cars A bit busy, yeah. We had about 50 people register to come, so... Right. And is that normal? Oh, they sort of price property, yeah. Hi, how are you going? What was your name? Laura. Laura, thank you. You can have a wander through. And, and you've only got, I noticed you've only got three properties listed Hi, at the moment. I'm sorry. That's all right. What name did you it register? Erdizwan. Sorry? Erdizwan. Okay, thank you. Sorry. No, I just noticed you've only got three properties on, listed for rental on your website at the moment. So is that normal? That there just isn't much around? Not a lot around, no. Everything's leasing very quickly, so. Yeah, right, I'll have a look around. Can you smell that dampness? A little bit damp. Mm. During the open house, I find myself whispering in the bathroom with Janine, who's back looking to rent for the first time in decades. What do you think? Um, what was the price? 330. <coughs> yeah, it would actually. Seems like a lot now from Melbourne. Oh, they're all just. Janine tells me that the three other places she's looked at so far have all been closer to $400 a week. Oh, we should probably should make yeah, that so we can have a look. Have a look in the bathroom and stop hugging the bathroom. Yeah. How many places have you been to look at? Uh, three so far, because I've only been like the last week. So, yeah. And I find this quite, you know, like how you, everyone just turns up. 
because years ago you actually went and got the key and had a look yourself and now it's like... Yeah, now there's, oh, I think there's 50 people coming through. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm fortunate because I have a good income as well. So, but still, you know, I don't really want to spend 30 to 35% of my income on rent, you know. Mm. But that's what you think you're looking at? Yep. Yeah. I mean, if I want um, something comfortable and decent, yeah. And th that's the question, what, why has Tasmania used to be one of the lowest rental market, you know, like, and now all of a sudden it's astronomical, it's just... Supply and demand. Yeah, I know it's supply and demand, <laughs> yeah, but is it because they're Airbnbs, you know, like that's been put to me before, it's because... People saying, well, I've got a place to rent, but why rent it when I can Airbnb it and get three times as much? To give you a classic example, we've had a, a four-bedroom residential home sitting in the suburb of Sandy Bay. The tenants advised us about five years ago they were looking to move out. We suggested to the owners uh, that we try the Airbnb market. That owner was getting $27,000 a year as a four-bedroom rental, and we are getting $86,000 a year Airbnb. Net in the owner's pocket is uh, something like 65000 Tony College is Director of PRD Nationwide Real Estate in Hobart, and when we spoke during the peak of Hobart's rental squeeze in 2019, he was also President of the Real Estate Institute of Tasmania. There are a lot of people that have got fed up with tenancy laws, tenancy legislation, who have said, look, I'd rather Airbnb it, and then I've got tenants coming in, tenants going out, and just the turnover, uh, rather than having tenants come in that trash the house and they've had, so people that have had bad experiences. And, uh, you know, that's, that's certainly taken a lot of properties out of the rental market, but at the same time, the people that own those homes have every right, or I believe they have every right, to be able to choose what they do with them. Any student council concessions for any time? 28, then, please. Thank you. I'm sure you're aware, we've got three new exhibitions open today, so I'll get them up to them. Great, follow the stairs all the way down to the In many ways, Hobart became a victim of its own success. Before COVID-19 brought Tasmania to a sudden halt, the state's population was growing fast. The economy was doing well. The university was recruiting an increasing number of international students, and there was a boom in tourism from mainland China. Then, of course, there was the Mona effect. Mona is a privately owned, very, very impressive art collection that lots of people want to come and see. It's attracted people from all over the world. We've seen a tenfold increase in the number of visitors to Tasmania. But the Mona effect kind of coincided with a... It was so rapid. And my understanding of the tourism market is that the hotel accommodation wasn't there. And so we saw this kind of parallel rise in Airbnb. And, of course, the kind of the bespoke cultural um, live-like-a-local thing that Airbnb offers fits more with that kind of cultural tourism. We have hundreds of properties throughout central Hobart and thousands of properties across Tasmania that have been converted into Airbnb and other short-term accommodation. And that, in turn, has taken hundreds, if not thousands, of properties away from long-term tenants. 
Ben Bartle is Senior Solicitor with the Tenants' Union of Tasmania. We think the situation in Hobart is so dire that there should potentially be a ban on Airbnb and other short-term accommodation providers in areas of stress such as Greater Hobart. We believe that the return of hundreds of those short-term accommodation properties to the long-term rental market will drive rents down and make a significant number of properties more affordable. Another way to protect low-income renters from being pushed out by Airbnb is to give tenants more rights. Well, a reform that Tasmania and all tenants unions throughout Australia are pushing for is an end to no grounds eviction. Uh, Essentially what that means is at the end of a lease agreement, uh, most often for 12 months, a landlord can say to a tenant, we're evicting you because your lease is ending. Um, If a tenant is in rental arrears or they've damaged the property, then by all means evict the tenant for those reasons. But by listing those true reasons, the tenant has an opportunity to rectify the breach. The problem with Tasmania's current laws is a landlord just needs to say, we're evicting you for end of lease, when it could be that they want to put it on Airbnb. It could also be that the tenant has stood up for their rights and asked that repairs be done, or they've argued that the proposed rent increase is too much. So I'm staying in an Airbnb on my trip to Hobart. So what would you say to me, Ben? Uh, It would have been better, Peter, if you'd stayed in a hotel. (laughs) I'm staying in an Airbnb just a few minutes' drive out of Hobart, nestled into the foothills of Mount Wellington, I guess. And it's Sunday morning, it's very quiet. I look out from the front doorstep, I'm looking across a valley into gum trees and bush, occasional jogger or dog walker taking their dog along a path. We arrived late at night, our plane was delayed. We didn't get here till after 11, but our host Danielle had left the lights on, put the heating on, so in this little unit, which is just uh, above her own house, everything was very snug and warm. She'd also left us a great array of breakfast materials, um, mushrooms and eggs and, and granola, so that we didn't have to get up early in the morning to go and fend for ourselves. Hello. Come on in. Oh, actually, it's Come on in. Hello. How are you? Good. Nice to meet you, Yeah, Danielle. you too. Come on in. Oh, and this is one property. Uh, so how many puppies do you have? I'm calling in on Danielle, my Airbnb host, to see what she thinks about the impact of short-stay accommodation on Hobart's rental market. Uh, My name's Danielle Campbell and I live in Hobart. I'm an Airbnb host and I love it. I absolutely love it. Danielle rents out two units on Airbnb and she makes a point of meeting and greeting all her guests. So I have a family home and I've got a self-contained apartment which is attached to my house and then I have a a small self-contained apartment that is not attached to my house. All of it's on my property and my property is just um, a normal biggish block. Danielle became an Airbnb host after changes to her personal circumstances left her struggling to meet her mortgage payments. It was a make or break because I couldn't do it all on my own and I was 
determined to have a stable home for my kids. And um, I actually kind of said to my house, look, if we're going to stay together, you're going to have to earn some money. Danielle has been an Airbnb host for about five years. And she says in that time, attitudes to what she does have changed a lot. At the start, Airbnb hosts were everyone at a dinner party wanted to talk to you and we were like so fabulous and creative. Now we're the reason why, and I've had people say this to me directly, you're the reason why my kid won't be able to buy a house. There's a hysteria around, rightly so, around the, um, the housing issue that we've got and I feel it very deeply. Could you imagine having permanent tenants renting the spaces you have on your property? Yep, absolutely. That's happened before um, and it will probably happen again. Right now, my responsibility is to keep a roof over my family's head. That's my core business. By natural family change, it won't be my core business forever. And um, I'll definitely be looking at where I can find the win-win for me, my house, my mortgage and people who are needing accommodation of whatever sort. But I also know that mine lends itself to, to short-term accommodation. What I do think is the problem, and maybe that's where we need to look at some regulation, is when whole houses are being utilised and being empty for five months of the year. Now, that makes my heart break because our community is not using its housing to capacity. And then those that have always been vulnerable are suffering even more. In late 2019, when I searched online for Hobart and house to rent, the top three results were ads for short-stay accommodation providers, starting with Airbnb. A search on the online trading site Gumtree threw up just as many people looking to rent as properties available. And some of their listings were heartbreaking. Need a house or unit to rent ASAP, $300. I'm a single parent, two kids and another on the way. The owners want to sell and have given me until the 29th to move out, which is bullshit. Desperate rental needed. Myself and my two sons are after a room or a unit for rent. We're currently living in a caravan and we have no toilet or shower. Anything at all would help and would be better than what we have right now. One ad on Gumtree offered a single bed in a hallway. Accommodation available in North Hobart for a boy, it read. The asking price was $75 a week. What we've found that's happened is that there's a hole in our marketplace of about 2,500 homes. Tony College, director of PRD Nationwide, has worked in real estate in Hobart for almost 30 years. Hobart, or Tasmania, has the highest building costs anywhere in Australia. House builders are taking orders as far as two years out now. Some of them are even further out than that. The workforce that we've got here isn't big enough to build the properties that we need. They can just maintain the equilibrium of demand and uh, this hole never gets filled. Tony College believes restrictive planning laws are also holding back housing development. We could drop 1,000 apartments into Hobart and I believe that they could be sold in, in one to two months. Most of the dwellings in the middle of town are one or two storey dwellings. We also have lots of car yards and it would be quite easy to incorporate commercial retail and then have residential above the top of that. I'm, I'm talking four or five storeys. It could be very easily done and not take away from the beauty of, of Hobart. 
It's not just private developers who are hindered by planning restrictions and resident objections. It's also community organisations trying to build much-needed social and affordable housing. There was a recent one where eight social houses were being built by a community housing provider. It was just eight properties and there was so much outrage by the community that development has now been stopped. Paddy Chugg is CEO of Shelter Tasmania, the state's peak body for housing and homelessness. What we find is that no matter where it is, someone says it shouldn't be here, it should be somewhere else. But we can't seem to find the somewhere else. In March, the Tasmanian government committed $22 million to build an additional 220 homes over three years for people on the state's social housing waiting list. The government's affordable housing strategy has already tripled the number of houses built annually, with 375 completed last year. But more needs to be done. Research shows that to meet the housing needs of low-income Tasmanians, the state needs an extra 1,000 new social and affordable dwellings every year. We actually really support the affordable housing strategy that the state government has put in place. It just really needs to be scaled up. But I think the way to actually get the large gains is to have a really big stimulus package from the federal government and definitely a clear strategy from the federal government how they can assist not only Tasmania but all the other states and territories struggling with this problem. Below the central Hobart offices of Shelter Tasmania, where Paddy Chug and I are talking, I see a man sitting on the footpath beneath a yellow blanket. He has a cardboard sign. Please help me. Any donation will do. Homeless. Back in 1942, two social reformers published a little book called Housing the Australian Nation. It surveyed housing conditions around the country, including in Hobart, and it quoted a report to the Hobart City Council that said the acuteness of the city's housing problem lay in the lack of healthy and sanitary houses at a reasonable rent for persons under the basic wage. That straightforward proposition is just as relevant today. At the sharp end of Hobart's housing crisis is a lack of affordable housing for people on the lowest incomes. Tasmania's social housing waiting list has a backlog of almost 3,500 applications. And on average, it takes well over a year to get a place, and that's for priority cases. Since homes are allocated on the basis of need, you only get help after you're in crisis. You do have to be absolutely at rock bottom um, before you can access housing. So I know of people who have had to surrender their children uh, because they're sleeping in a car. And there are still people higher up the list than they are. Kate Kelly is founder of the Rental Crisis Action Group, Hobartians Facing Homelessness. She started it on Facebook and within two days it had 900 members. Now it has more than 2,000. When she began the group, Kate Kelly was struggling to house herself and her son. I was trapped in the rental market. And when I say trapped, there are a lot of people who are slipping into homelessness because they're trapped financially in houses they can't afford to leave. They can't afford necessarily to stay, but they can't save up the money on their low incomes to move out. They can't find something to move to that they can afford. So I was paying in the end 70% of my income in rent. 
I was on the wait list for public housing. I'd been on it for two years in a priority position. I'd heard nothing. So I was skipping basic essentials I needed for myself. And did you have kids then? Yeah, I had a son. He was four when that happened. So thankfully he wasn't too expensive at that stage yet, but um, still I was finding things like on the days he was with his dad, I would not drive my car that day and I would ration the hot water usage when he was with his father so that when he returned home, we could have a normal existence. Kate Kelly was lucky. She managed to secure social housing in a cooperative where her rent is set at no more than 30% of her income. It's changed her life. Well, I went and bought Christmas presents today for my nieces and nephews, which, you know, is pretty amazing to be able to do that. I can afford to go to the doctor. I can afford to sign my, my son up for swimming lessons. I can afford to do things that norm, people might take for granted ordinarily. And I can engage in a civic and social life. I can afford petrol to go and drive to events. I can afford to buy tickets to things. And so I, th- I think a lot of people don't realise that the, um, the impacts of not having a home don't just extend to not having privacy and not having uh, a foundation, but the mental impacts, the trauma from the isolation, the physical impacts and the health impacts aren't being quantified. It's a real problem. Since my visit to Hobart to gather material for this program in late 2019, the pandemic has fundamentally changed the rental market. Where I live in Tasmania, where it's been more publicised, we've had a significant shortage of rental properties for a very long time. And all of a sudden uh, in Tasmania, with tourism essentially being shutting down by shutting off our borders, I'm seeing the vast majority of those Airbnb properties being swapped over to long-term rentals. Adrian Kelly, President of the Real Estate Institute of Australia and CEO of View Real Estate in Hobart, talking to RN Drive in late March. The return of Airbnb properties to the rental market and the increase in vacancy rates should calm or even halt rent rises in Hobart. But the pandemic has also seen workers lose their jobs or have their hours cut, so the equation doesn't necessarily improve for those on the lowest incomes. Back in Rokeby, disability pensioner Gail faces an uncertain future. After she challenged her last rent increase, the landlord switched her from a 12-month to a three-month lease. And she knows she's not a priority case for government help. Public housing won't accept a person who has sort of just been able to cope with things. They put me on a, something like a third or fourth level, apparently, which means, you know, I could be on there for years. Do you worry about your housing in the future? I do if this rent is still going up, if they continue putting it up, because I... Whether they're going to have about another one or two years down the road, it's going to be more like $400. $400 out of a $535 income, that is absolutely ridiculous. And that's, I'm sure that's a lot the same with a lot of other people in my situation and, and unemployed people. Just, it's just going too crazy. Trapped in an unaffordable rental, Gail fantasises about winning big on the lottery and using the money to turn the market on its head. If I won a multi-million dollar lottery, I'd buy every house I could possibly buy. I could renovate it to a top class, beautiful quality, and then I'd rent it out for the cheapest price possible to all the people who can't afford it, to all the unemployed and all the people in, like, in my position. 
that would hopefully destroy the market as it is now. Hmm. Hobart renter Gail, speaking to Peter Mayers. In earlier decades, a vulnerable tenant like Gail would have probably secured an affordable home through a public housing authority. But public housing is in terminal decline. In the next episode of Earshot, Peter takes us to Adelaide, home to the once mighty South Australian Housing Trust, to try to work out what happened. I'm Miyuki Okiranta, and I'll catch you then. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.